0: Listener Production
1: December 2017 Brisbane Jeff Horn and Gary Corcoran Step into the ring The WBO Welterweight Championship Of
0: the World
1: This is the story of two men Chasing the one dream To be the best
2: Please don't let this end now You're doing so well Look at the future What you could accomplish Just keep going
1: One man learned to
2: box to stop the bullies. I remember having those thoughts of ending your life. The
1: other was born into it. April provers up. All of them box. All box. All box. Yeah. It's a story of money. Is a billion dollars possible? It's been done. A story of pain.
2: Just goes black for a second, then you're sitting on your butt. And a story of iron wheels. That's it. Dig
1: deep. Dig deep. Right.
3: Characters. There are plenty. And I ended up grabbing a knife and my hand got sliced open. Well, that was my boxing career over.
1: As well as boxing's biggest names. And I started to say, let's get ready to rumble and just kept fine-tuning it through the years. Come into the ring on fight night. I want to
0: continue. Yes. Yes. So Show me something yes. in this round. Yep. Yep. going to stop the fight. Yep. Yep. So That's it.
1: But when it's all stripped bare, when the beauty gives way to brutality, this is the story of one punch, one moment. Boxing. That's it, go first.
4: Like the fighters who step into the ring, it's not an easy sport to pin down. Its history is filled with wonderful champions, names that evoke memories of strength and courage and power. Ali, De La Hoya, Marciano, Pacquiao. But it's also a history littered with villains, tough, dangerous, frightening men, Tyson, King and Mayweather. Right. It's viewed as a beautiful sport. The sweet science, the artistry required to find the perfect balance of hitting but not getting hit. But its beauty is only ever seconds away from falling to its knees and descending into terrifying violence.
0: can't allow Manny to do this. This is the first time Manny's getting out first in the fight. That last punch must have hurt. This is vintage Manny Pacquiao.
4: At an amateur level, it's pure and crisp and sharp gentlemanly, you could almost say, delivering medals to the victor. But, and there's always a but in boxing, at the professional level, it is dog-eat-dog, both in and out of the ring. Vast sums of money can pollute it and twist it, the cash often flowing to the wrong people. It's a business, a tough business, but it can also be a wonderful business, a business we're about to take you on a behind-the-scenes tour of.
1: Keep your legs working.
4: All about the legs. The fight itself: Jeff Horn versus Gary Corcoran for the WBO World Boxing Organization
0: welterweight championship of the world.
4: Now, most of you will already know the result of this fight, but in this story, unlike most sporting tales, the end result, yeah, it's not really of any great significance. In this story, the good stuff, the juicy stuff, the real stuff, is all about the journey. This isn't the slick, beautifully produced product you see when you turn on the telly to watch a fight. The story you're about to hear revolves around the true essence of boxing. It's a story of desire, hunger, family, fear, and most of all, most of all, it's a story of wanting to overcome, no matter what the costs. It's boxing at its most beautiful, but, there's that but again, it's boxing at its most brutal. Now, before we go any further... We couldn't be telling you this story without Brian Walsh and Jamie Campbell at Foxtel approving the project, and Steve Crawley, Joe Bromham, and Maddie Wees from Fox Sports for making it all happen. And as you're about to hear, the access Matt organised was quite extraordinary. Also, to Dean Lonagan at Duco Events and both fighters and their teams, thanks for opening the doors that are normally firmly shut. OK, let's get going. When you first meet Jeff Horn, Hey, firstly, Jeff, thanks for letting us into the training session. That's alright. You wouldn't pick him as a boxer. Softly spoken, you could describe him as almost shy. Physically, yeah, Jeff's a serious unit. But there's no menace about him. Nothing that makes you sit up and take notice. Jeff used to be a school teacher. That you can picture him doing. Mr. Horn, the PE teacher. Yeah, that's him. Boxing found Jeff, not the other way around.
2: My early years of high school, I got picked on a fair bit, got into fights, and I didn't do any good at them. I I was always kind of confident, a little bit confident in myself, but not to let people kind of push me over too much, but I just didn't have that confidence to really show, and I think that's why I got picked on. And people just targeted it, called me names, hit me when I wasn't looking, and yeah, just constant and some days I did snap and try and fight back but usually I lost i'm a I'm a dad with young kids and if I thought that
4: any either of my kids were getting bullied it'd make me it make me physically sick I reckon must be for a tough thing for a family to go through when one of the kids has been bullied
2: yeah it was hard and I can remember going home some days and being in my room and mum coming in and I was just crying and She's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, well, I, like, there's nothing you can do, like, to stop these kids doing it. Like, if you tell the teacher, they're just going to start up. Other kids might start up then as well, saying, oh, he's a dobber. And it's just not what... It's what you picture as a kid, that things are just going to explode if you you tell on someone or you or something happens like that. So how, I avoided it. How did it make you feel? L- pretty low. Like, some days very low. I remember having those um, thoughts of ending your life at, at high school and feeling that depressed and I know a lot of people do go through that but I was lucky that I was strong enough and had a good family behind me, I could go, no, no, no I'm not going to do something silly like that and I'm going to keep keep powering on and try and ignore these guys. It made you that low though? It did, some days, yeah I had some pretty low days and I can remember thinking that and having um, just bad days, like everyone has bad days, but when you when you have constant bullying and then, then you have a bad day on top of that where everything just feels like it's going wrong and things escalated when you're at that age. So you wanted to do something about this, so you thought, right, I'm going to work on the self-defence. Yes. So where'd you go? I went to Glenn Russian's gym at Stretton uh, where it was pretty much, it was martial arts gym, it was called Scorpion Martial Arts. Yep. I learnt how to kind of defend myself on the street and then Saw one of the guys there boxing, Adam Partridge, and he, I was like, "Oh, I want to have a try of that, like do some boxing." And got in there, and it was, I was pretty good at it. And I was like, "Were you oh. were you a natural? Were you a natural boxer?" I, I was, yeah. I, I found that I was naturally gifted at at that. I don't know if it was a, if it's a toughness in me that I can kind of grind out, and I feel like I can just go that little bit extra that people can't do because I've got that. A little bit of a drive and that heart, a little bit of extra heart, I can push just that tiny bit further.
4: On the other side of the world, three years younger than Jeff is a man that was always going to box. For Gary Corcoran, boxing wasn't a choice or a decision, even. Boxing just was. Yeah, my mum and dad was good. We're good.
5: Uh, big family, big family. Yeah. How many? Uh, eight brothers have, have three sisters.
4: Yeah, eight brothers and three sisters.
5: Yeah, yeah. eight brothers and three sisters, and uh, the old box. All of them box. All box, all box, yeah. Boys old, and girls? No, nah, no, nah, keep the girls out of it. The <laughs> girls don't need to box. The the boys all box, all box internationally. All the boys are uh, good boxers. Half went pro, some of them went pro.
4: Unlike Jeff, Gary, yeah, Gary does look like a boxer. He reminds me almost of a greyhound. He's fast and lean. He's really lean. He's a relaxed and friendly, lovely fella. Yet there's still something almost unpredictable about Gary, like he could switch at any moment and unleash. There is a menace to Gary Corcoran. He was never going to be a school teacher.
5: Yeah, I was at school, but I wouldn't listen. I wasn't a naughty boy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was... It was mad for me. But uh, I got screwed like eighteen, nineteen 19 times, and then I just uh, stopped counting. What happened 18 or 19 times? I was fighting... Messing, jumping over gates, school, bunking, school, all, all that stuff, you know what I mean? And uh, after 19 times, i stopped counting. I just stopped counting and just got into a certain area and just had enough of it. <laughs>
4: so that was getting excluded from class, was it?
5: Excluded from class, sent home, this and that. Yeah, it's about 19 times, but I think it could be a bit more. <laughs> I don't know if I've lost count after a certain.
4: While Jeff was growing up on the outskirts of Brisbane, Gary grew up in what I'd call a caravan. But discount any negative connotations here. Gary says it was a loving, caring and close community. He quite rightly loves where and how his people live. I'm
5: from uh, England. My family's based in Ireland, was from Was from Ireland yep. years ago. And uh, we're Irish travellers. I've been reading a little bit
4: about the travellers. So this has gone down in history where you move to other countries and live in communities, yeah? Yeah, live in communities, it's good so in our terms here and there's been a lot
5: made of it you like yeah. you live in a, in a caravan caravan yeah you call it caravans and that but uh, they're like they're like houses so we're happy you know, where we live we live in our whole life so uh, I've been living it since 27 I don't know 27 years so so in that
4: uh, being called travellers do you always live in that same spot or do you move around yeah we have we have our own piece
5: of land we live in our own piece of land and, uh, and uh, we're called they call us gypsies travellers but uh, we're based where we are we stay where we are Gypsy is going to be an offensive turn, though, wouldn't it? No. okay, It's nothing. It's nothing to me.
4: So how old were you when you started fighting, guys? boxing? Uh, Nine. Nine? Nine. Nine. So when did you have your first actual fight (coughs) in a ring? My first fight was at 12.
5: 12. It was the latest out of my brothers, actually. It was the latest. All my brothers had had their first
4: fight at 11. (laughs) All my brothers had their first fight at 11. You were a late developer. (laughs) I was a late developer at 12. So, two fighters one pretty much born into the ring, the other finding it as a means of self-defence. But both these young men needed shaping, someone to teach them, train them and refine them. Now, all good boxing stories need the man behind the fighter, the mentor, stereotypically the old pug, the former nearly champ, the wise and veteran full of sage advice and some canny tricks, the character. You want character? (laughs) You're about to get character. Let's leave our fighters for a while and meet the trainers.
1: 11 years ago, you know, he was 18, just out of high school. Initially with Jeff, he just come in. He was a typical sort of had that victim mentality, you know, the sort of kid you probably would pick on.
4: That's the voice of Jeff's long-term trainer, Glenn Rushton.
3: I I was training a welterweight at the time. It became a light middleweight called Ahmed Patterson and uh, Gary was with another trainer that I knew very well and he came in to spar. So it would have been hmm, three and a half, four years ago. And uh he he got to a level where he he came into the gym one day and, we, and he said that he'd left his trainer and would I be interested in, in taking him on and uh, I didn't hesitate because I knew Gary from the amateurs, and I thought if we can get a bit of discipline that he can definitely fight. It was just a question of trying to get him a bit more discipline, polishing him up and teach him basically the box if if, if you find someone who can fight and you can teach him the box then you've got a, You've got the full deal.
4: And that's Gary's trainer, Peter Stanley. How about we tell you Glenn's story first? And let me tell you, <laughs> it's some story.
1: Yeah, I left home at 14. You know, my dad was really kind. He said to me, there's 20 bucks, good luck. So I left Townsville and went all the way down to Shepparton. what well, did you started just jump on a bus fruit? No, I went with a uh, half-brother of mine. He said, hey, I'm heading down here. And I said, yeah, OK, I'll, I'll come with you sort of thing, you know, so... Uh, he, he was really wealthy, had 50 bucks, I had 20, so between us we had 70 bucks. Right. Uh, so we had to find a job the first day we arrived. If we didn't, we just didn't eat. And we just had enough money and fuel to get to Shepparton and we got a job that day. And I think the day we arrived, we went out and we picked some fruit and asked the boss, would he give us a draw for what we had done? We worked <laughs> like buggery so we could go and eat that night. Right. So, yeah, yeah pretty tough days, but... Uh, You know, I often say I wasn't brought brought up, I was kicked in the guts and told to get up. (laughs) So, (laughs) slightly different. (laughs) Which is
4: like so many people in this sport you're in, from what I can gather, again, you've got a heavy background in martial
1: arts? Yes, I have. I mean, I got involved initially in boxing, but I went into martial arts in the Bruce Lee era in 1974, a fourth degree black belt there and set up my own style from there.
4: Glenn reminds me of a sort of Chuck Norris type, black sleeveless top in the gym, a 1980s style middle-parted sort of hairdo. He would fit perfectly in a kung fu movie from 1985. But Glenn does have an intense type of focus. When he talks to you, he is talking directly to you, like there's no one else in the room. He speaks, you listen. He's a very successful man on many levels.
1: Well I always wanted to be wealthy and I used to when I was a kid my mother used to always we'd drive, you know, past a nice home and she'd say, Oh, that's how the other half live or you'd see a nice car and she'd say, Yeah, that's how the other half live and I was I was pretty peeved with that and I said, you know, well I want to be in that half. I said I don't like the crap why are we in the crappy half? Well, these guys in the good half are in the cracking half, you yeah. know. So when I was 12, a brother, a half-brother of mine who was a sales rep, he was reading a book called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And I said, listen, do you mind if I have a read of that when you finish? So I had a read of that and I went, okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, started setting out and always was determined that... You know, I was born in the wrong place, but I was, well, not in the wrong place, but, you know, maybe I wasn't born where I thought I should have been, so I just set about changing that. So I did and just went into business at a very early age. I was in business. How, how
4: many times in that period, Glenn, were you up against it? Were you like, right, my nuts are right on the line here and I could be back to being that bloke with 20 bucks in my pocket?
1: Definitely. You know, I've always said my policy is I bite off more than I can chew and I chew like mad. Yep. So, you know, I've always believed that, We've got to be strong enough in our self-image that if we get knocked down, we can recover. We're not going to go and crawl inside a whiskey bottle or something like that. Or We all need to be tougher. Boxers need to be tougher. Our kids need to be tougher. As a society, we need to be tougher. Mm. So, yeah, I'm very uh, big on that. Wouldn't you love
4: to be coached and mentored by a bloke that views life through that type of lens? Rushton Financial Services reportedly manages in the region of $70 million for investors.
1: Glenn, understated as he is, is a very, very wealthy man. My dad said to me when I was 32, hey, you've got enough, you should retire now. And I said, what, to die? Hmm. What to do then? What comes after that? You know, I said, you've got to live till you die. I don't want to just retire now and just fade off into the sunset somewhere. I said, there's more to do. I mean, they say a lifetime's not much, but it is enough if you live well, so. fight gee,
4: after that chat, maybe i feel like getting in the ring. I'm sure I'd get clipped in a big way. Yeah, fair to say. I was probably getting a bit carried away there, but that's Glenn's effect. He's a motivator, a teacher, someone that inspires his athletes. Equally as engaging and possibly even more charismatic is Gary's trainer, Peter Stanley. Peter, a middle-aged fella, Crop silver hair, looks very sharp in a suit. Pete wouldn't have been out of place in the old TV show, Minder, hanging around with Tell and Arthur Daly. You obviously remember Minder. How long have you been in this game?
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mike, my, my grandfather was George Digger Stanley, he was a world bantamweight champion back in the 1920s. Uh, my father was a professional during the World War II period, my brother was a professional and... Uh, I boxed at ABA level, which is uh, Great British level, until I was 20. Uh, I was involved in an accident, and it means I couldn't box. I started coaching when I was 20, and I'm 61 now, so what? 41 years. Do you mind me asking what happened? Yeah, it was an altercation, and, uh, and I ended up grabbing a knife in, a, in, a, in a, where I grew up, and my hand got sliced open, my nose got sliced open, and uh, my arm withered, basically. So oh, that was my boxing career over. So I started to train at 21. As a trainer. My father trained me, and he used to say to me, your job as a trainer is to give this boy a toolbox. If you need a chisel, make sure he's got a chisel. If you need a saw, make sure he's got the saw in the box.
4: So, you know the lead characters of the story. It's now time to tell you how they got to this point. What was it like walking out of the ring for the first time as a 12-year-old, as a victor? Happy.
5: Happy, just happy to box. Something I liked to do when I was a kid and... Uh hit a certain age and then I start liking it more. What do you like about boxing? I don't mind p- punching people. Get get my anger out. Keeps me straight and all I you mean know what I'm doing and that. And it brings the pace for the builds.
4: Yeah, <laughs> my word it does. Can I ask you, you say bring the anger out, what do you get angry about?
5: Oh, I just like little things, you know what I mean? Little things you don't. You need to have that bit of anger sometimes, you know what I mean? Punch something, so I get my punching in the ring punch people in the ring punch the bag Work so I'm happy
2: the first time I had a fight was yeah. 20 right I think it was 2008 where was sorry, it late 2008 at Acacia Ridge Hotel right yeah how'd you go good I stopped the guy I think in the first round second round of the fight so I was I think it was the second round stoppage about minute and a half rounds and how did it make you feel to go into the ring against someone that's trying to stop you and you've stopped them? It's scary. Was it? Yeah. It's. And I think that's the thing that frightens most people about the sport is getting in there and getting embarrassed in front of a heap of people that they know or might not know, but then just getting
1: humiliated they might feel in front of someone. Just over time, it was just over a period of months, I watched Jeff and he just slowly I started to go, this kid's very competitive, you know, and he's picking things up really quick and he's got good footwork and a natural sense of balance and rhythm and just it sort of grew on me. But I thought, I just don't see the motivation. He was only training one night a week. And as Mm. I've said to everybody, I can teach you everything, you know, to be a world champion, but I can't make you want it. You know, you've got to want it. Uh, but I didn't see that want. I didn't see it until one day after about 18 months of training, he come up to me and he said, I'm thinking of getting serious about either boxing or rugby league. Which way do you think I should go? And then I laid it on him. Because <laughs> I'd been watching him and I knew what I could do with him if he had the motivation. And that's when I said, Jeff... I said, but if you choose boxing, there's weight divisions. I said, this is what I think I can do with you. I said, within four years, I'll have you at the Olympic Games. I said, four years after that, I'll make you world professional champion. And I said, and you retire in your mid-30s, a very wealthy man. I said, that's what I can do for you.
4: Gary had 50 amateur fights, losing 12.
1: And then went pro With fists and feet in constant motion Corcoran relentlessly presses every fight's pace And tests every fighter's will You can see the aggression in Corcoran's
0: Whoa, face Oh, good shot Well, I think the referee would be justified for saying enough's enough here
4: Starting his professional career with a points win in 2011, Gary compiled an impressive 17-1 record.
0: And now the new WBO Intercontinental welterweight champion in the blue corner from Wembley,
4: Gary Kokoro. Jeff,
1: well, he followed Glenn's ambitious plan. To a T, and everything that I've said has come true, and it's why Jeff believes me so much. Is because he he knows that what I say happens. Uh, he I believed before he believed. I had a vision. I saw where I could take him. He didn't believe, but he bought into the dream. He invested in the dream.
4: Mm-hmm. Horn did get to the Olympics, London in 2012, turning pro in 2013, where he compiled a 16-win, one-draw record. Fight 18 will fight 18 changed his life forever.
0: Colonel Bob Sheridan here with Danny Green, the champion. And we get ready. Here we go. Manny Pacquiao in red and blue. The Hornet in black and orange.
4: Manny Pacquiao, a true legend of the sport the fourth-ranked greatest pound-for-pound pound boxer of all time, 67 pro fights for 59 wins, an eight-division world champion with 11 major world titles, career earnings in the hundreds of millions, a $10 million payday for the Horn fight
1: alone. The going is going to get tough. I said to Jeff, in this fight against Mini Pacquiao, you're going to be weighed and you're going to be measured, but you will not be found wanting. You will deliver. You are going to rise to the occasion and you will beat him. He's just a little old man after all. Hm. He just happens to be an 11 times world champion, which yeah. I'm not going to focus on that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know,
0: Mate, Horn is all over him. him. He's having some good moments there. Manny just laughs at him. At the very end, Manny's throwing oh, around. He's cut Jeff Horn over the right eye. He's got a nasty cut in his right eye. Nice combination of punches by Manny Pacquiao, but there's no quit in the Hornets. Greeny, we don't want to get too excited right now. No way, he's an all-time legend, 11-time world champion, but he's just, he's, he's getting out work, he's getting out box, he's getting out punch, he's getting out muscle. There's one thing for sure, Jeff Horn has come to fight and put on a great show. And I got him winning that round as well. This is Pacquiao on the assault now, Horn backing off, You can't allow Manny to do this. It's the first time, Manny's getting off first in the fight. That last punch must have hurt Horn a little bit. Oh, he plants himself. Manny puts the pressure active. on him, putting a lot of pressure on him now. He's got to hang on to him. This is vintage Manny Pacquiao. You
4: you're going well, and then round nine, he just unleashes. What's happening when you're in the ring and you know you're not far away from being
2: put on the canvas that your dreams are about to get yeah. flattened. Look, I was I was pretty tired at that point, and I can remember at the start of that round again. I think a head clash started my bit wooziness, and it's the first time basically in the fight that I started going backwards. And I knew he knew that I was hurt, and I was dazed.
0: So oh, he's staggering. Here comes he Manny. He's on the inside. Staggered Jeff Horn. Caught him with the left hand. Wow, with the left hand. fighting in the pure cart, big right hand by Manny Pacquiao, Horn backs off, his Pacquiao puts the pressure on him, a lot of pressure on him, he's still out on his feet, but he does have tremendous recuperative to follow, he can't allow Manny to tag him one more time. Oh, he just caught Jeff coming in there, he's out his feet, Jeff Horn, what a tough kid, what a warrior, but so is Manny Pacquiao, uh, he's, he's beating up Jeff badly in this round, this actually could be a
2: 10-8 round, And then he just had that fire in his eyes like he wanted to stop it and not go to the scorecards. And he started throwing helpful leather, connecting with a lot of them to me. And uh, I just had to guard up and try and move away. I remember thinking to myself, please don't like let this end now. You're doing so well. Look what you've done. Look at all the hard work, all that training time you've done. Look at the future, what you could accomplish if you can beat this guy right now. Just keep going. Like you can keep going. You can avoid these punches and get to the next round. And I was just, it felt like a long time, but I was dodging and weaving, getting clipped with a few of them, wobbling around the place. Somehow managed to get through it. Then when I had that ref come over and warn me show me something. Show me something, or I'm going to finish end this fight.
0: had a good listen, I'm here to protect you, okay? It's I think right. you had enough. Oh, alright. no, You want to continue?
2: I was it. like, okay, I've been put on notice from Pacquiao that he knows he's hurt me and I can be hurt. And I've been put on notice from this referee saying I'm going, I'm about to jump in and stop this if you keep taking any more punishment. I was like, I've got to give it to him, and that's so what I did. I was like, I'm pouring all my energy and all my heart into these last three rounds.
0: He's got to keep him in there. He's got to just keep on the onslaught. He's got a minute, 16 seconds to f- have the best feeling he's ever going to feel this boxing life. Both guys bleeding profusely. Mandy's got two cuts in his hairline on the inside. This has been some war. It's been a What great a tremendous, sport. tremendous fight. Does Horn have it in him to finish strong now? It's that close. Manny Pacquiao started out smiling. He isn't smiling right now. Oh, he puts Horn back on his heels with that left hand. Oh, big left hand, Manny. Oh, right hand by back. back and forth and goal. He refuses to give in, Jeff Horn. He, there is no quitting, Jeff Horn, and he's been stunned very bad back in the ninth round. Look at this. He's finishing like a warrior that he is. Causes him. It's all over. What a fight!
4: And at that point they're going to say, the new?
2: Yes, still.
4: Or still. You hear the new.
0: The winner by unanimous decision. And new! Yeah. W-O, the wow. Champion of the World! The Fighting Pride! They gave him the other way. So Horn, he wins by a couple of points. We had a dead even. Wow. What a, what a, uh, I'm speechless, man. I just know how how this feels as a fighter. What an incredible performance by the legend and the new world champion, Jeff Horn. Unbelievable. We talked about upsets in the past. This will go down as one of the biggest upsets. It'll rank with Tyson and Douglas.
2: Well, thinking about it now. Yeah. I was smiling about it. What happens then? Oh, it's just a mountain of relief and excitement at the same time. I'm just so happy. Like, I, I'm, I'm sure I cried. I can't even remember 100%, but I never – I hate crying. <laughs> I hate showing emotion. But, yeah, like, I swear I had tears in my eyes. I was just so happy that, like, when you just pour that much work and energy into something and you just imagine something for so long – to have that moment actually happening and in that real time it's just like oh i've done it i've finally done it and you you've told all these people that have been bagging you for so long that they said you couldn't do something and to show them that you did it's an awesome awesome feeling it's a long way from being bullied at school it is it's to def- being able to defend yourself and beat
4: one of the most gifted fighters the game's ever seen it's a long long trip
2: isn't it it is definitely a long journey but I guess it had to be an accelerated journey and I've had
1: had the heart to do it. As soon as we heard that word, new, it's like the universe just stood still, you know. And, and as I looked around in a Matrix style of moment, you know, where everything just sort of slowed and there was just tears everywhere in the crowd and an hour later people still sitting in the stands just sort of like in a state of shock almost, you know, that they just witnessed something magical. So. You know, that's the sort of moment it was, and that's what we live for. To me, when you're living on the edge, you're really living. Yeah, I know that's a bit of a cliche from a typical ad junkie, but, you know, that's sort of how you feel is you never feel more alive than when you're standing in that ring and you hear that new and you just go, this is... um," They say that people shouldn't be measured by how high they achieve, but by what they overcome to get there. And when I look at what Jeff's overcome to get to that dizzy height, It just makes me incredibly proud of him.
4: Beating Manny Pacquiao?
1: Wow, it's a pretty cool story,
4: isn't it? Victories like these, though, they aren't just achieved in the 12 rounds on fight night. Victories like these are hard won. They're forged in the gym, session after session of pain and punishment. The hard, brutal, excruciating yards we, the public, don't see. That's what it's all about. That's where the champions are made. So, let's go to training. You can hear all right?
2: Yes, I'm rolling
4: now. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've arrived at Glen Rushton's house. The door is open, so we'll proceed through. And this is a big setup. You're greeted by three dolphins bursting out of a fountain, which is interesting, and some golden pylons leading up to what looks like a, I don't know, it's like a palace. We'll go and say good day and take you into a training session with a world champion. Hey Glenn. Three,
1: two, one, go. How are we? Yeah, hi. Thanks hi, for hi, having hi. us, mate.
4: Thanks Once very much, but we in sparring, I'll do that in Can we black the mic on you while he's sparring and then we're out of your hair? Cool.
1: Just if we're doing these footage, just keep no footage, it. it's no, oh, okay, it's no, okay, it's no pictures, okay, only audio. Okay. There's no audio. There's i have just no got to be careful. Now, yeah. this is uh, this is this going anywhere though on the not internet? Not until after the fight. Okay. As long as I know it's not going until after the fight, I'm all good with that. After the fight, I'll explain After the it, fight, but yeah. No pictures. Nothing and no audio, before the, no audio okay. before the fight. No All right, I'm comfortable with that. Good. Nah. Told you we'd take you behind the scenes. House of Dreams is what I call it because it's all about, as I say to the guys, anyone can have a dream, but can you hold the dream? You know, you watch a session like this and you go, could I hold the dream through that? You know, it's easy, you know, as I said, everyone goes, oh yeah, this is my dream, you know? And I said, yeah, the problem is if you wish in one hand and crap in the other, you know which one feels first. So you've got to be <laughs> able to hold that dream every session and your body's aching, hold the dream, Jeff. hold the dream. Nice writing, that's the way. That's the way, proactive, that's the way, much better. Glenn devises
4: a different plan, a really detailed plan for every one of Jeff's fights.
1: You've got to do the homework and I did that. I did hundreds of hours of analysis on many Pacquiao. I said, I'll prepare the plan, this is the blueprint, this is how we're going to beat him. What
4: you're listening to now is the refining of Glenn's plan for Jeff
1: to beat Gary. He'll come in and then just move out laterally. Bangs so as you come in, punch your way around him. So you slide in, bang, then punch your way around him. Slide in, punch your way, or come in and just swivel out, do a big bang out, bang out. That'll minimise the brawling. But you've got to go first. If your weight is just too close to you, he's on you. Yeah. You've got to keep moving laterally in attacking and first.
4: Gary Corcoran is what they call a high-volume fighter. Throws a lot of punches, and Jeff's training is tailored around that high-volume style of fighting. So a typical training session like today, which he does three or four times a week, Jeff's in the ring for 12 three-minute rounds against three separate opponents. They do two rounds each. Pop out, two rounds each. Pop out, two rounds each. So Jeff is basically fighting a fresh fighter every two rounds within his gloves the man they call the Hornet has got sensors which is linked up to his iPhone and they record every single punch he lands every single punch he throws so at the end of a session Jeff knows exactly how many punches he threw and also how many times he was hit by his opponent so it's hard it's not messing around with a bit of light work in the gym this is serious guys are trying to knock his head off it's actually almost a little scary to behold just what these guys do for training let alone what we're gonna see on the fight for someone walking in to watch that gee that's intense, that's hard it's not like what we see under the bright
1: lights on fight night. It's certainly not you know, it is one of these things that it's fight intensity and basically uh, with Jeff I never push him any harder than I have to to get the job done but He's the hunter now. Everyone wants his crown, you know, and there's no way. You know, we didn't climb Mount Everest to get beaten by Mount (laughs) Kosciuszko. So, you know, we're here to make sure we get the job done. And yes, it looks intense for anyone watching it, but it's no more intense than it needs to be. That's it. Nice and mobile. Keep boxing him. That's it. Weapons. That's it. Use your gap control, your ring, your entries. Weapons, targets. Keep taking them. Right.
4: Joe's just got out of the ring with sparring two rounds with the Hornet. Yeah. What's he like in there, Joe? Oh, really good, fit, and really skillful.
5: And throw any punches at him, he'll just come back and show his face and say, "Is that all?" Which yeah, which is like you know intimidating, eh? He's just like, "What punch do I have to give him for him to get down?" But
1: yeah, Horn—he's a champ. Last round, guys. Last round. What we do that round? one good. Okay. Just put it all out there this round, but hold it together. Nice and disciplined, but just put it all out there. See what you can do. Push your work great. Keep moving like you were at that line. Messing with these weapons. Weapons, targets, then it's straight for the target. Then it's a couple of the weapons, but weapons, that, that stuffs him up a fair bit. It was a good job, Jeff. Last round, guys, last round. Dig deep, Jeff, dig deep. That's it, dig deep. Nice and strong, all the way. Intensity, gap control, movement, let's get it all together. Minute to go. What do you got? Good work, good right in. That's it. Time! Champ straight out of the ring.
4: They only have to do two rounds. You've done 12 here feeling.
2: it Yeah, it's tough when they're young and strong and. They come in two rounds, have a rest for four rounds, and then come in for another two each. It's a hard 12. What are you got to do now? The coach was demanding more. Yeah, I've got to do a six-round plyometric leg workout, step-ups and things like that, shadow boxing, and then I've got to do 6 rounds pads with him as well, and then just some warming down. Warming down. Good on you, champ. Thanks.
4: While Jeff was sweating it out in Brisbane, Gary was preparing to leave England for Australia, his family and friends full of confidence. Brother Bill. 100% Gary, Gary can do this for us, he can win the world title and hopefully bring it back to us and hopefully show that he can do it. Brother Eddie.
5: Me personally, and as a me and my family, we know he's going to win the world title, we can see that, we can see it happening.
4: Brother Bradley.
5: Same thing, he's going to to knock him
4: up. Wife Jennifer.
5: He's so
2: committed, he's so dedicated, I've never once heard him complain. And he really, really is good. And do you know what? It's so good that he's doing it for, of course, himself and myself for our little girl. Do you know what I mean? That's his biggest motivation. It's both of ours. Do you know I mean, she's our number one. So fingers, toes, everything crossed that he wins it. And I think he has the right engine to do it. So.
4: And a final word on their man Gary's chances from some of the local kids.
2: Geoff you're going to get
5: knocked out because you're not a, a f- not a good boxer. You're not yeah. looking at your back, you're not looking at your Gary, 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 Gary. No, is going to go on the nose?
4: At Mick Hargrave's Boxing Fit Gym in Port Melbourne, Gary and Peter are now in lockdown. Distractions kept at a distance, their only focus training you have to be over for
5: these three weeks you can't be over you can't just fly over like a week we week can have like Manny pack other fighters it. fly over a week before because you won't be settling you can't settle in you need to three to four weeks over you need to train over and that's what i've done i took myself away from everything and it's going to pay off in the end
3: tap tap let's go jab 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 stick stick one two one two left up Let's have the uppercuts. In you come. In you come. I'm on you. I'm on you. Uppercuts. That's a good boy. Good boy. Straight right hand. Left hook. Let's go. Gary's a consummate yeah. pro. Double. Double. Every week, every month, he's grown into the profession. He's a professional. He's not the kid who just comes out and has a fight. He's a professional. He spars professionally. He trains professionally. He eats professionally. He lives well. He, he's not one who's just going to turn up from the pub. And have a fight. You know, this is his living and this is his tradition. And you know, we're grateful for the opportunity, but believe me, we're coming to seize that opportunity best we can because it opens the doors to great big things. Jab, jab, one, two, one, two, left hook. And here you're at the cut someone, yeah. I mean ya, Minya, hold me there, good boy. So we're prepared for anything that's gonna come at us in this fight. Yep. We've got plan A, B, C, D and E. Let's have a look at the boy, keep your distance, keep your discipline we just deal with wherever he's got to come, yeah? Yeah, ready to go. Are we good for, to yeah. go? You ready to go, Yeah, boy? yeah ready to We're go.
4: ready to go. They're both ready to go. They're both disciplined, hardworking, and they're both fierce. They're both fighting for their future and for their families.
5: I fight for myself, my little, um, my little girl, my missus, and I fight for the community where
2: I live and that. Who are you stepping into the ring for? The family, yeah, definitely. Uh, the wife who's been by my side, Joanna, for the whole time I've been boxing... She's my everything and uh, for my future, for the kids and, I know, just for the legacy in the sport. Just, it's what I wanted. I wanted to be a successful sports person and that's what I hope I'm becoming.
4: They're both winners, but
2: they have both
4: been floored. Literally.
2: What's it like when you get genuinely
4: clipped? You're in the ring and someone rocks you. What happens?
2: You get, it's like getting pins and needles in your leg when you sit on it. But you get it in your head and all through pretty much it kind of sends a shock down your whole body of pins and needles. Um, that's, that's the buzzing noise and feeling you get throughout your whole kind of top half of your body. It just goes black for a second then you, you're sitting on your butt and you're getting back up again.
4: What does it do to you?
2: Excites
5: me. It excites me. Does it? Yeah, it excites me. Me, when I, so when I get punched, it warms me up so uh, he's very happy.
4: <laughs> they're both risking their health every time they step into the ring. Possibly, they're both risking their life. Do you worry about getting hit in the head and you get about to be a young father? It's
2: not it's not a pleasant question to ask, but it's yeah. part, part of your game, Jeff. Yeah, look, it is it is worrying and I I don't want to and these days I do if I don't need to spar and I don't need to get in the gym and do rounds against someone where we are punching each other in the head, I won't do it. And I did get a test. I got an MRI scan on my brain before I started boxing, but I I can't remember. I don't think I've had another one. So I'm due to see how it's all going. I think I'm fine, but... And you haven't done that because you don't want to know, because you're not worried, <laughs> or you just haven't had time? I think it's more because I haven't had time, mm-hmm. but because there's always something just in the back of your head, like, oh, I need to do that. Yep. But then it comes to a month later and you're like, I still need to do that. Like, I've been doing all this other stuff and you you forget about sometimes the most important thing is to go get yourself checked out properly. And they are
4: both within reaching distance of big, big paydays, life-changing paydays, staggering amounts of money if they win and keep winning. You talked about Mayweather being a billion-dollar fighter. Give me an idea. Does Jeff end up in the tens... Of millions, Does he end up in the hundreds of millions, or are we looking at more than that?
1: In, the sky is the limit for Jeff. If you're popular, the money will follow. If you entertain a lot of people, if Robbie Williams entertains a lot of people, he makes a lot of money. So we've got to be very entertaining, very popular, and if we entertain a lot of people, there is no real limit to his earning capacity. So, yeah, it literally is the sky's the limit. So, you know, we won't put a number on it. We'll just say that, yes, there is, you know, yes. Is a billion dollars possible? Absolutely. It is possible. It's been done.
4: Do you see big paydays in the future?
5: Yeah, I see big paydays. Big paydays and get out of the sport nice and healthy and i would be happy for the nice big paydays. Does the money motivate you? Money motivates me to secure my family, secure my family, my babies, career and all that, what she wants to do in the future and... For me and my missus and, I, and my family So uh, yeah I'm, I'm going belt it'd be nice to win a world title
4: And you know what? Watching them both train Watching their effort and their desire Speaking to both of them, getting to know them I really want them both to win But that's not the game here Uh. Uh-uh. Once this fight is done, one will have The world at his feet His dreams, hopes and future still alive And the other Well the other, the loser It's a long long way back Most likely it's too far back It could be the end of everything. That is why this is such an engrossing, captivating and emotional spectacle.
1: Why does your man beat Corcoran? He beats Corcoran because, one, he is a better boxer for a start. He is a more accomplished, he's a more complete athlete.
3: So who wins? Gary. I mean, I'm not going to make a prediction of how he'll win the fight. I mean, I'm confident in Gary having the tools to do the job. On the night, he is just too good. It's as simple as that.
1: So we will get the job done.
4: Is there any doubt, is there half a percent in your mind where you see your man on the canvas and he's lost the world title? No.
1: No, that, that reality doesn't exist in, in my way of thinking. Because Jeff does not lose this fight. Jeff will win the fight. So as simple as that.
5: I'm a stronger fighter. I'm a better fighter. And uh, I just want it. I want it more than him. I want to belt more than him. So... Uh, yeah, it's my it's my uh, it's my time to shine.
2: Um I've just got I think I've got belief in myself and um I've got a big heart and I'm not gonna let him beat me. So come the
4: end of the night of the 13th, you will still be the champion of the world? Yes, I will be. Okay, that's the backstory, the build-up, the lead-up, call it what you want. Next, what really happens at a world title bout? The players, the personalities, the money men, the TV stars, no doors closed, complete access. Yep, next, it's fight night. That's the end of part one of the moment, the fight. Join us for part two as we take you into the ring. Listener.